chapter number 6. I'm sorry, chapter number 7. Book of Genesis, chapter number 7. Verse number 5. And Noah did all, excuse me, Noah did according unto all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters was upon the earth. And Noah went in, his sons and his wife and sons' wives with him, into the ark because of the waters of the flood. And of the clean beasts and of the beasts that are not clean, and the fowls and everything that creepeth upon the earth. And they went in two and two unto Noah and the ark, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days, the waters of the flood were upon the earth. At this point in time in history, God didn't like what He was seeing. And in chapter 6, verse 13, God said unto Noah, the end of the all flesh has come before me. He said, I'm done with them. I'm finished with them. I'm, 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 I've had it. But in verse 8, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. God was willing and, and about to destroy everything, all of it. And then there was one man that found grace, one man that was obedient, one man that was humble, one man that was about his work, and he saved everything. Saved everybody. All of the generations of the world come back from Noah. And in, in chapter number 7, God told Noah to, to build the ark. And in verse 22 of chapter 6, it says, Noah did according unto all the Lord commanded him. In verse number 5 of chapter 7, Noah did again according unto all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah got on the ark. Noah got his family on the ark. And then God closed the door. I believe that if they were to, to accidentally dig up the ark these days, they'd find claw marks all over it. Noah preached, but Peter said that he was a preacher of righteousness for a hundred years while he was building the ark. Noah begged people to get on the ark. Noah begged people to be saved. Noah tried and tried and tried. And I believe that he did all that he could possibly do. And I'm not entirely sure if he didn't tie a string to his kids and drag them because Noah knew what was coming. Noah knew what the deal was. Noah knew that everybody that wasn't on that boat was, was not going to make it. Today, are we willing to get on the ark? Or are we just not entirely sure? These people had never seen the rain before. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have never seen hell before. Never seen it. These people never saw rain. You've never seen hell. Whenever the water started rising, I believe these people started scratching their heads. But it was too late. When death comes and you open your eyes and you're in flames of torment of fire, it'll be too late. And you'll wonder, what if I would have got on the ark? What if I would have accepted Jesus Christ? If you're here and you're saved this morning, and you're not absolutely 100% sold out for Christ, and you're not on that ark with His church and, and with His people and with His Word, I believe that you'll stand before Jesus Christ and stand before God in the judgment. He'll say, you had this opportunity to minister and you didn't because you had other things to do. And you had this opportunity to be a blessing to these people and you didn't because you had this to do. And you had this opportunity to witness to people and you didn't because you were not sold out to me. Once you get on the ark, once you give it all to God, that is it. 
It is done. It is over. I asked my wife before we started dating, we'd known each other for years, but I tried to get her to go out with me over a period of two years. I asked her out over and over and over. You know what she told me? No. She told me no over a period of two years repeatedly. Nope. 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 Yes. Whoo! After two years, I finally got her to say yes. We dated for a little while and I went and bought a ring. And it was kind of a big ordeal on her birthday down in a park in Ruston, Louisiana. I asked her to marry me. You know what she said that time? She said, yes. You know what I'd have done if she said, I'm not sure? Can you imagine putting, I I mean, I, I put months of work into this proposal. Months. I had my, my, my Romeo, he was my roommate, he was from Guatemala. He was hiding behind a, a pine tree about yay big video and the whole thing. We had put work into this thing. And for me to have this ring in my hand and put all this effort in and get down on one knee and hold that ring up and say, will you marry me? And she said, well, I'm not sure. Well, I, I may today, but I may change my mind tomorrow. What is a, an engagement ring? What does that mean? What is a wedding ring? What, what does it mean? Commitment. That's what it symbolizes. It symbolizes commitment. Whenever we got married, we committed to one another. Whenever we commit ourselves to God, it's supposed to be a little bit stronger than a bond of marriage. It's supposed to be a little bit more than just saying, yes, God, I am yours. It's supposed to be more than that. We don't get the opportunity to say, God, I'm going to serve you on Sundays and then a few hours on Wednesdays and that's it. God, I'm going to remember to read my Bible on Saturday nights to study the Sunday school lesson, but, but, but that's all I can give you. You're either on the ark or you're not. You're either sold out to God or you're not. You're either living for Him or you're not. You're either saved or you're not. You're either working for the kingdom or you're working for yourself. Your works are either going to be stored on the ark and preserved or they're going to be burned up on this earth. There is no middle ground. There is no getting on and off the ark. There is no sometimes I'm going to be okay and then sometimes I'm going to live the way I want to live. Sometimes I'm going to be committed to this and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I'm going to be married and sometimes I'm not. It don't work that way. We either sold out for God or we're not. This morning I want to look to those of us who are saved just for a minute. Whenever we get on the ark, whenever we're saved, we are no longer in danger of dying and going to hell. No longer in danger. Matter of fact, if you're here and saved this morning, you don't have to worry about hell. It's gone. Now you have to worry about it for your kids and for your friends and for your family and for everybody else. Because without Christ, they're going to go to hell, but you can't go to hell anymore. You're saved. And from that point forward, the goal is no longer salvation. Now you're on the ark. Now you have to work for the kingdom of God. Do you believe that Noah and his family kicked back in their lazy boy on the ark and said, all right, they were on that ark, what, 100 and some odd days or 300 and some odd days? I think it was 100 and some odd days. They were on that ark for at least four or five months. Do you think they kicked back in their lazy boy and said, oh, them animals will take care of their self. Everybody can take care of their self. Y'all get it done. There were eight people on that ark. There were hundreds of animals. Once they got on that ark, that's when the work began. 
compared to shoveling all of that mess and feeding all of them animals and taking care of all of them animals, that work is hard. Working for God is hard. Living for God is hard. Do you believe at some point, have y'all ever been cramped up? I've never been on a cruise ship. But I've stayed in a hunting cabin before with my family. With no electricity and no video games and we didn't have cell phones back then. And we were in this little hunting cabin, no bigger than this little area right here. And we was all in there. On the first day, we was having a blast. We was all friends. It was okay. On the second day, we were all still friends. But on the third day, it was over with. On the third day, having nothing to do in there. And it was raining. And sitting in there, we were at each other's throats. Because we were sick of each other. There were eight people on this boat with all these animals. And you know what? It probably stunk. Probably did. You think about what's on them. Y'all ever touched a pig? Can you get that stink off of you? Imagine a boat full of them. You can't get that stink off. It was smelly. It was stinky. It was cramped. In a lot of places, it was probably kind of dark. It was inconvenient. It was hard living. Once we, once we are saved and once we work our way toward the kingdom of work of God, whenever we begin to work for Him, whenever we begin to work with others for His work, that's when things get hard. Getting on the ark is the easy part. Getting on the ark is the easy part. Being saved is the easy part. Because everything else is hard. Because once we begin to work as individuals, as a family, and as a church... Sometimes it gets, it gets smelly. It gets stinky. It gets cramped. It gets uncomfortable. It gets hard. We get to where we don't like the people. You know, sometimes, I think, I think it was in a George Strait song that says, I, I know she still loves me, but I don't think she likes me anymore. Y'all ever get to the point that sometimes you don't really like your spouses a whole lot? No, sir. I don't. I love mine. <laughs> But every now and then, we can get to the point that we really don't like the people that we're around all day, every day. It's, it's just the little things can begin to work on us and work on us and work on us, and, and God can help us with that. But, but, but my point is, is we still have a work to do, regardless. We still have a job to do, regardless. On the 40th and 50th and 60th and 100th day on that boat, they still had a job to do. Acts in chapter number 2, if you still have your Bibles open, we'll be back to Genesis in a minute. Acts in chapter number 2, following Jesus' ascension, the church had a work to do. Jesus told them that you are to be witnesses to me, uh, unto me unto all the world, to all the earth. He told us that too. And to save people, that is our job. We're supposed to work as a body of Christ, to be witnesses unto all the earth. And I wish that we had churches like the church in Acts. Acts chapter 2. Peter finished his sermon. Right around verse 40. Let's pick up and read. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread 
and in prayers. We wouldn't know how to act if 3,000 people showed up here to be saved, would we? We wouldn't know how to act if this community wouldn't know how to act if you filled up Pine Football Stadium with saved people. We wouldn't know how to act. Do we believe that it's outside of God's reach? Do you know what made the difference? Peter didn't make the difference. Chapter number 2, verse number 1. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. One accord in one place. In verse number 14, Peter standing up, lifted up his voice and began to teach and began to preach and said, hearken unto my words. What made the difference was it one person's faith? Was it one person's continuity with God? It was everybody's. It was everybody's continuity with God. It was everybody's faith all at the same time. We understand that if you're in the, in the middle of a really, really, really dark pasture and you light a match, that that match really don't shine very bright, right? But if you get a friend to come stand beside you, and that friend likes them a match, then it gets a little bit brighter, right? Did y'all hear about what happened when, uh, who was that, that preacher? Uh, Billy Graham in Dallas, Texas. He was preaching on being a light. And all of a sudden, there was a, everybody had Zippo lighters back in that day. Everybody, one person pulled out a lighter and it wasn't really bright. The stadium lights went off. And then another person pulled out a lighter. And then the whole stadium pulled out lights and lit the whole world up. They were in one accord in one place. They were in one accord in one place. It's easy to be saved. It's easy to get on the ark. It's not easy to keep from jumping overboard. It's not easy to stay. It's not easy to continue in the work of God. It's not easy to feed the same smelly pigs every day and every night. It's not easy to stay in the same boat with the same people every day and every night. Unless there's continuity between all. One mind, one accord, one place. Verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. They continued in the word. They continued in the Word. Step number one. And in fellowship. Step number two. And in breaking of bread. Step number three. And in prayers. Step number four. If we're going to be on the ark together, if we're going to be about God's work together, we have to go through all four of those. We have to continue in the doctrine. We have to continue in fellowship. Not just when we feel like it, because sometimes I don't feel like it. We have to continue in the breaking of bread, not just when we're hungry. It's a metaphor. We have to continue in prayer all of the time. Verse number 43, Fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things in common. Does that mean that everybody wore the same kind of shoes? No. 
Because chances are the kind of shoes that you like and the kind of shoes that I like are not the same. This is not saying that everybody has the same exact everything on their mind. They had all the important things in common. Miss Marietta, what's your favorite color? Pink. Anybody else in here has a favorite color? Pink. A few of you? Okay, you're all wrong. <laughs> Our favorite color is supposed to be green. Right? No, no green. Blue. Blue? No, no, just a few blue? We just can't agree. Does that mean we can't be friends? Small things are irrelevant. I'm not saying I don't care what your favorite color is, but it's not going to affect my favorite color. Do we believe in the same Jesus? Do we trust in the same God? Do we believe in the same Bible? Do we read the same Bible? Do we follow the same Bible? Do we pray to the same God? Do we fellowship one with another? Having all things in common. That don't mean that we don't disagree. That means that we get past it anyway. Because in spite of me, in spite of myself, in spite of the fact that there's no way that pink can be everybody's favorite color, we move on anyway because we're all on the same boat. We're all in the ark. Continue to read about this church. It is beyond awesome what God did. And I wish all the time that there were four or five, maybe six books of Acts just to continue to, to, to tell us where this church went after this. So I, I, I said they sold their possessions. They continued, verse 46, daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And Sunday school lesson taught this morning, praising God, having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Do you hear of any church adding to the church daily? How about weekly? Monthly? These people had something. I don't believe that they agreed on everything. Matter of fact, I'm sure they didn't. They agreed on what was important because they knew that they were all in the same boat. They were all on the same mark and they were committed. They were sold out. They were given over to God. And this morning, if we are going to be committed, sold out, given over to God, then, then we have a job to do. Flip back to Genesis, if you would, just for a minute. God was going to destroy the earth until Noah. In chapter number 18 of Genesis, God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. The Lord appeared unto Moses and sat at the tent door in the heat of the day. And he told Moses, uh, Abraham, excuse me, of his plan to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He said that Sodom and Gomorrah is evil. Verse number 22, 
It says, Men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood there before the Lord. And Abraham drew near and, and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you've never been saved. This morning, God's plan is not to destroy the righteous with the wicked. And Noah invited everybody on the ark. Only a few would come. God invites everyone to Jesus, but only a few will come. Abraham said, Will you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, if there be 50 righteous within the city, will thou also destroy and not spare the place for 50 righteous that are therein? I'm just going to paraphrase the next several verses. God said to Abraham, if you can find 50, we'll save the city. Well, he goes on down to verse number 31. I'm sorry, 32. And said, oh no, let, the, let not the Lord be angry. I will speak yet this once, peradventure, shall there be found, shall ten be found there. He said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. Abraham started at 50. Moses, excuse me, Abraham begged God not to destroy this city. But Abraham couldn't find anybody that was righteous in the city. This morning, we don't know when, but one day this world will be destroyed. And those of us who are saved, we will not be here. We will be gone. And at that point, the righteous will not be destroyed with the wicked. But the wicked shall be destroyed. The only alternative is to become part of the righteous. Get on the ark. To believe in Jesus. Period. At some point in time, you're either on the ark and you're safe, or you're off the ark and you're lost. The Bible says that whenever Noah got everybody and everything on the ark, that God shut the door. Once you're saved, there's no going back. You can't be unsaved. You can't lose it. You can't mess up bad enough for God to say, hey, you don't deserve it anymore. You know why? Because we don't deserve it in the first place. We don't deserve salvation. The Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we didn't deserve it, Brother Randy, we still don't deserve it. We still don't deserve it. We're still sinners. Saved by the grace of God. Grace is unmerited favor, and that's the Sunday school answer. Grace is something that's been given to us that we didn't deserve. Salvation. Jesus Christ is something that was given to us that we don't deserve. And one day Jesus is going to come back. He's coming. Anybody get scared by that alert that they had this week? You know where they put all that spyware on your phone and now they're spying on you? I don't remember who it was, but somebody shared on Facebook, if you're worried about that alert, that trumpet's really going to get you. I thought that was awesome. Because one day that trumpet's going to sound and I'm leaving. And I believe that a lot of folks in here is leaving. And then you're going to really be worried why you're left behind. Then you're going to be really worried, where's mama, where's daddy? The Bible says that two shall be in the bed, one shall be taken and the other left. Two grinding into meal, one shall be taken and the other left. In the moment of twinkling of an eye, the trumpet will sound and the saved shall rise and we will be gone. You're in the only ark and you're going with us or you're staying here. You lift your eyes and the devil's hell. You're in the only ark or you're not. 
This morning I want to ask you, saved and lost, commit to Jesus. Period. Just commit to Him. Last Sunday afternoon, Brother Darren made three statements. He said a lot of times there's three phases of life. Why God? Can God? God can. I thought that was awesome. Why God is this happening to me? Why God is this happening to our church? Why God am I going through this right now? Why God? Why God? Why? God don't owe us an explanation. God don't owe us an explanation. The next question he asks is, can God get us through it? What did Mackenzie sing this morning? I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs. I will trust in you. Love that song. When you don't move that mountain, I needed you to move. When you don't give the answers. When you don't park the water. When God don't do what we expect Him to do, we tend to look toward something else. We tend to look toward men. We tend to look inward toward our own self when God don't do what we expect Him to do. We understand that God don't think the way that we do. That God don't act the way that we do. And that God don't react the way that we do. Trust in Him anyway. If you're here this morning and you're saved, trust in Him anyway. Sell out to Him anyway. Commit to Him anyway. You'd be amazed at how changed your life can become whenever you allow God to take over. It's amazing. But you have to be sold out. You can't say, well, God, I'm, I'm going to marry you today, but not tomorrow. God, I'm going to commit to you on Sundays, and that's it. It's all the time. And this morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, I want you to commit to it one time. One time. Salvation is one time. You don't get saved every week. I heard a preacher, uh, a video preacher said, uh, he said, I get saved every morning when I wake up. Because the devil's been fighting me all night. So, all right. He must have missed it the first time. Because whenever we get saved, we are saved. Period. The Bible says that our souls are sealed until the day of redemption. Jesus said that what my Father hath given me, God has turned us over to Christ whenever we're saved. And all that it takes for you to enter into that ark, all that it takes for you to be saved from that flood, from that hell fire, is to believe in Jesus Christ. That is it. Knowing that you're a sinner. Knowing that without Jesus you'll die and go to hell. Believe in the only begotten Son of God. Believe that He came and lived a perfect life on this world. That He was tempted just like we are, yet He never sinned. That He was crucified, that He was tortured and He opened not His mouth. That He suffered your hell. That He suffered your death. That He suffered everything that we deserve. And He conquered it and rose again. This morning, if you'll believe that, if you'll believe Jesus, God, for Christ's sake, will save you. Get on the ark. Because one day the door is going to be shut. One day it's going to be over. But the dean said this morning uh, that he believed that the only reason that God hadn't come back yet because there's one more person. I've said that many times. There's one more person. This morning, if that's you, believe in Jesus. 
Believe in Jesus. It'll change everything. Commit to Him. He'll commit to you. While we have a verse of song, ask for a verse of